Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A prestigious college in a small town on the American East Coast. A former monastery turned into a Christian dormitory. Male and female students inhabiting separate houses. It should be the safest place to get your education, were it not for the fact that some students are true monsters. John Becker playing Kylie, Jorin playing Morgana, and Monica playing Sam and Fuck Mary Kill, a Monster Hearts 2 game run by Tillman. Come join our Discord chat and please consider supporting Twin Cities by Night on Patreon. Right, so last time I already described the dormitory a little bit. In detail, there's actually two buildings. There is the old house and the new house. The old house is what is left of the monastery. Some parts were torn down because they were, well, unsalvageable. And the whole complex was extended. Now, this monastery has a long history and something happened in the past that basically meant the end of all the monks living there. Now I'm asking you, what happened? Maybe let me specify a little more. The monks at the monastery, they were complicit in some sort of crime. And eventually this was discovered. And then there was a little back and forth and investigation went kind of sluggish until there was basically an uprising. Villagers raided the monastery and forcibly removed all the monks. And then the building was vacant for a while. Not being taken care of anymore, it deteriorated. Part of it collapsed. And then this part was removed and a new house was built. And with the college nearby, it was decided it would be a good place for a dormitory. But now, Becca, what did the monks do? It's a little too early to start off with a, with an orgy here. But I, I do like the idea of the monks essentially being... So I, I do have the thought. I'm just trying to like communicate it. And can you describe the action of what they did like? Uh, specifically, I would think it'd be more of a series of actions and then something that they did was just like the final breaking straw. Like they were extorting. There we go. Extorting the, the rest of the town. <laughs> All right. But like as, as a specific event, what was that final straw? You can hand it off to your colleagues. So, <laughs> Well, I just kind of assume that if I'm struggling here, ladies, that you'll you'll jump in and be like, oh, hey, no, I have to call on you. No, of course not. Okay. Um, so I think the final straw would be they just pushed it one too far. So they had a section of the town or maybe this entire town already under their control and they wanted to expand maybe to the next town over and try to get the mayor extorted there. And that was that was beyond their limits. That mayor was just like, no, this is not how we're going to do this, said his sheriff on it. And then slowly but surely, they traced all the strings back to the monastery and found out this entire scheme. It sounds to me like they were um, collecting protection money of sort, or like 
uh, inhibiting uh, business transactions or like people moving uh, freely or maybe they maybe they had real estate what was like the one thing that people ultimately took offense with when the people finally realized what they were spending that money on because you know monks typically live a very I'm struggling with words today well, um, old school humble. would be begging monks, but yeah, humble is... Oh, okay. Um, okay. But this is more recent. You'd like 1800s? Okay, so I need to adjust. So normally, monks would live a very sober life, but these monks started spending it on luxuries. So they at least had a slightly above average, maybe far above average car for the monastery to go to visits to other monasteries. They gold-plated normal stuff that should be gold-plated for their church. But also some of the cutlery was gold-plated and that just made no sense. So they were starting to spend this money on luxuries. So Monica, what was the scheme? How did they get money? Why do you pick on me? I'm not creative. I don't know. I would assume, depending on how money hungry they were, they could turn those who came to worship against the local elected officials, maybe spreading rumors, word of mouth that could damage their reputation. After all, the church always have has had power. Religion always has had power over the state. So I'm thinking maybe they would turn their followers against the local elected officials, maybe even those who worshipped and contributed the most would um, go into sort of like infiltration missions to see what dirt they could dig up on the local elected officials to see if maybe they could put other people into power that better suited their needs. And that way they got into the corrupt underbelly of politics. Yeah, that sounds like they have like a, it's not a police force. It's, it's a militia, I guess, of sorts. They have recruited uh, believers to... Yes, Oh, that's nasty. I try. And <laughs> collecting the thoughts, it sounds to me we had a small group of corrupt monks that were power hungry and greedy, and they tried to overtake the city. They had the belief we have so many devout Christians here, we don't need to tolerate the elected officials who can be our own authority. They formed some sort of militia. Businesses were infiltrated. Extortion uh, happened. Protected protection money was collected, and it was like a seeping wound for a while until the monks basically reached too far. Their their scheme fell apart at the seams, and their own people turned against them because they were just displaying their greed. All right, I like it. As I said, that is in the past, but. How do students nowadays like deal with this story? Maybe Jorin again, because you're not eating. <laughs> I think most of the stuff that the monks gathered has been either robbed from the place after they were run from the town. But in the hallway, in the monastery, there was a plaque that reminded the monks of this position that they had. So it has a lot of gold in there. It is a lot of wealth in that piece, but it was mounted into the wall. So it couldn't be taken away by any robbers that just looted the place. 
that is a constant reminder of this past and any people that live in the dormitory have to pass this plaque every day. And how do we uh, deal with it? Is it like humorous or uh, is it something sinister? I think it is a key feature. So it's something that has become just part of the background no noise on most days, but also a meeting point for people. It's like, oh yeah, we will see each other at the plaque. And then we go from there. So it's become part of the culture within the monastery or within the dormitory. But the story behind the plaque is not. It's just the plaque itself has. And there is a little, maybe a little sign next to the plaque that quickly describes this history so that everybody could potentially know the history behind this plaque because it feels a bit out of place. Yeah, I imagine it is like in the main hall. The old house probably has like a a very large front entrance that would allow an old carriage to like come in or horses. And I imagine then in the main hall, you're immediately confronted with like this somewhat decrepit, but also still very impressive plaque of the monks. I'm just going to say there were six of them depicted with their names and all kinds of holy scripture that seems very out of place. So I imagine that like the the teachers try to and the description to it try to be like, hey, there's a moral to this story. But I know for Kylie, you should be like, whatever, they just failed at their job. So like I can see the the student body having very mixed reactions to it from finding it humorous to believing, well, oh, there's a moral to be learned from this. Is there like a ritual that happens on every first party for new students where they have to like do something with this plaque yes yes <laughs> yes if there wasn't one then there is one now who wants to step forward and describe the ritual so it is the informal kickoff to not only the school year but like the first party of the year where i i like the idea i don't know how feasible this is with what we're already described but like after a certain time in the day That kind of that area just people don't really either they don't go there or it's watched. So that's what like a few brave students will go and kind of kick it off where other people could kind of watch it. I'm just trying to think of like what the specific action would be. I was going to bring this up later, but I imagine the old house, it has a sizable basement, which historically the monks used to keep uh, food. And it has been transformed into basically a, a party room. You can turn the music up. No one is really annoyed because there's really, really thick walls which keep the sound at bay. So I imagine a small group of students like creep up from the basement into like the main hall, which during the day would be watched by the caretaker, likely, who has, a, has an office there, but not at night. And then what? <laughs> I know that's what I'm trying to think because we can't move it. So either like they do, we do something to it or we do something in front of it, like this weird, almost cultish feeling to, you know, like you, you stand in front of it and like you guys toast to the new year and you drink, but it has to be like a specific toast and it has to be a certain kind of drink, you know, obviously wine or <laughs> something alcoholic is what I would imagine. But 
don't know. It almost feels lame to say that. <laughs> I can also I can also see them sort of do that, like do a specific kind of of jungle juice that is only produced on that day, for instance. And there is a there is a jar of sharpies next to the door and only a couple students will go out during the day when the caretaker is still there and try to deface the the monks on the plaque quick question where did you say that the plaque was technically up like is it up against the wall is it yeah in it is on a wall but it's become part of the wall so they made it so that it can be taken down or something like that I'm just going to put this out there because I'm the spicy one. What about if you're feeling particularly badass and you have a particular distaste for a current mayor, senator, or whatever, and you take that Sharpie and sneak their name onto the wall, kind of like saying, you know, you would have been next. That's definitely an offense for a school. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> It sends the message. Yeah, of course, this behavior is very illegal. But as it is with established rituals, uh, what what can you really do? So usually it just ends with a, a warning letter. And some students are sometimes fined for like cleanup duty or have to do it themselves. But not, not much else goes on. In my brain, the caretaker is an older person, either an older man or an older woman. They just threaten the student council that next year there will be bigger consequences if this happens again it never happens there's never bigger consequences it, like next year there will be guards there no it will just be the caretaker the caretaker is probably extremely powerless and the the student council will always make like a big speech about it like and how we're not supposed to do it but you 100% know that Kylie's the ringleader on that shit she's like yeah we're not doing that By the way, guys, go ahead and uh, get the juice ready. <laughs> Now, I imagine Kylie was specifically appointed to keep things orderly. And she's like, yes, of course. <laughs> and I, I, I can imagine the caretaker not having any power because technically this dormitory is not on campus. And therefore, definitely not part of the jurisdiction of the student council. Yeah, we can discuss that too. <laughs> But right now... Back to the houses. So the old house, it has brick walls and wooden tile floors. And at least on the ground floor, the wooden tiles are really old and they have gaps that you could poke your fingers through in some cases. On the upper floors, everything was overhauled. The whole building is kind of weird. You don't think there's a single rectangular room in this entire thing. Um, there are numerous places where you can hit your head because the ceiling kind of drops really low. And being a Christian dorm, men and women live in separate areas. So the old house is for the men. The new house is for the women. The new house, of course, has many upsides. The rooms are shaped normally, and you can put up furniture in corners. But one important question is, of course, Monica, are the rooms shared or not? Well, I mean, I imagine given the price that people pay for this school, you wouldn't have a roommate. In my mind, it's kind of like a you have a townhouse amount of room given the the amount of tuition you're paying. Yeah, sounds good. 
What about kitchen stove? Does every room have like a tiny kitchen or is there uh, a collective kitchen? One per old house, per new house maybe, but do you meet people to prepare food? I would think you would have to have a communal kitchen only because if you're being technical about it, it would be a major safety issue to have small kitchens in every room and it would draw a lot of power. So I think you would have perhaps one kitchen per floor, depending on how tall the buildings were. And obviously old building and new building would have, you know, their own sets. That makes sense. But what about individual bathrooms? Well, if you have enough money to have your own room, I imagine you wouldn't share a bathroom. Um, maybe you could have like half bathrooms so everybody has their own toilets and their own sinks, but a communal shower. At least the men do. Why can't women shower together? <laughs> well, old house versus new house. But we can say everyone has gotten their, their own shower too. No so... roommate drama. <laughs> no roommate drama, sure. But you can still have drama nonetheless. Uh, Sam, though, you are the only one here in the player group who lives in the old house. What is one reason that you really appreciate it for? What do you like about the old house? I would say Sam would enjoy the old house because it would be, I presume, more quiet in the sense that more people would like to hang out where the girls are and be where the better amenities would be. So I think he would enjoy the fact that there's less people in old house, presumably, especially on party nights, so he can practice his music. Yeah, we can say the basement, which I already mentioned, is very large and has has thick walls also has the rehearsal uh, or practice rooms because then you don't get on anyone's nerves and so uh, becca uh, the new house obviously has many upsides but what is one reason that everyone who lives there really hates it for there's like a recurring issue that doesn't get solved the first thought that comes to mind is they cheaped out on the heating and it gets cold Is that, does it need to be more, more than that? Because I can try to come up with a different idea too. Is it just that the heating is bad or is the house like badly built? Is there like uh, gusts of winds in the hallways that just freeze it down? You know, with it being newer, they, they decided, hey, let's put in, make it look like all nice and chic. Chic's not the right word, but uh, they got lots of large windows. So to help out with the heating bill, they don't, let the temperature go above a certain threshold but then because windows aren't very good at keeping heated it just gets cold especially obviously especially at night during the school year do the uh, heaters shut off during the night and you just can't do anything about it yes yes i like this idea <laughs> okay great so as i already mentioned this dorm is halfway up a hill and there's really only one road that leads up the hill and at the end of it is the chapel on the very top and on the other end you of course reach the town and can go to college but this road is fairly steep for well the first part when you just leave the house and it's gotten somewhat of a bad reputation for that but what exactly happened Jorin? Winter. Winter happens every year and Like the good thing is that we are relatively close to campus, but on campus itself, you want a bicycle. So most people go to campus by bicycle. 
And that first part is usually very fun, except in winter when it's slippery and you just, you don't cycle, you slide down. And that's why it's so infamous. So I take it someone got hurt. Yeah, I think last year was, so there's accidents that happen on that part regularly because people don't control their speed well enough, especially freshmen don't always particularly know how to bike or how to cycle so they think they know and then they go way above their speed limit and then just fall over but last year in winter somebody was cycling towards campus on that particular piece of road slipped and a car came and it was a crash they were already on the ground so they couldn't fall any further but it, it was a mess so now there's like a a sign that you're not allowed to ride the bicycle on this road, okay? Yeah, there is a sign that says watch out for slippery conditions, which was the bare minimum that was necessary after this big an accident. The students are, of course, responsible. They were driving unsafely. Yeah, and maybe there was even some alcohol involved, of but that has never been truly cleared up. So was this a, I imagine this was a scandal at the school. If it's a student cyclist that got killed by other college students, those college students, I imagine, are no longer at the school? Good question. Maybe the driver isn't, but the person that was uh, was in the car with them is. Gotcha. So we have this potential NPC around i like that who's kind of on thin ice with the administration i see what you did there thin ice (laughs) yes i did that on purpose so we have an npc to take care of later monica i wanted to get back to one thing you brought up that uh what my impression was as well this is a high class college and area it is particularly focused on on arts and music and then political sciences, the town goes way back. What is the attitude like of the students in general? I would think you have two schools of thought. The ones that are just there to get their degree and they think that some people are a bit snooty, kind of have their noses turned up. But the other side are the trust fund kids, the rich kids, who see this kind of as just a mere stepping stone, something their parents are making them do or something that they're not taking as seriously because they're not that worried about their finances. You know, I can definitely see there's some of them that don't care if they fail something because mom and dad can throw a fit or throw money at the school to get them an A. So there would be kind of a resentment between the two schools of thoughts, the ones that are working their butts off to get grants and scholarships just to get this prestigious name on their degree, on their, you know, their graduation. And then the other ones who just think it's a big joke, it's a big party. There's no consequences to anything we do and the interactions between those two. Which camp are you on? Obviously, team turned down for what? (laughs) So, uh, Becca, imagine you are not from town and you picked up a tourist guide for New Burton. What is like the one hallmark that everyone visits and everyone knows about and that you really can't miss. Okay. My first thought is a 
and I hate that this is my first thought, but um, like a historical library that has a clock tower in it. All right. So it has that, it's a historical library or maybe even just like that bookstore coffee shop that's off to the side. I'm trying to include that one place that Yoreen mentioned earlier that her character would go to. So either just the the library with the clock tower and the coffee shop off to the side, that's like a popular place for people to gather because, you know. We can say it's like a particularly large old building. Mm-hmm. And there's some, well, hipster and alternative shops in like the front of it. Yeah. So it's it's not just the library itself, but it's actually like the little shopping. It's Main Street. You know, that idea where you have all those shops and 20 miles an hour, no more, otherwise you get a ticket sort of thing. So it's very pedestrian friendly in that area. And it just has this um, cutesy vibe to it. Yeah, that sounds really neat. So what do the regular people of this town think about the students? What is like, what are the demographics like? Are there very many students here? Or is it like a weird subculture of just a few that are particularly rich? Joine, do you have input on that? I think it is a majority here in the way that the majority of the people in this town is either student or connected to the college in another way. Even though it is quite a specialist college, this town is was, before the college arrived, quite small. And now at least half of the people there are either students or connected to the, to the college directly. So there isn't really much industry here. No, the industry is the college mostly. And then there is some shops around. Maybe there's a couple startups that started from, from the college. And that is basically it. Getting back to the dorm a little bit, the church, or actually the, the local branch of the church, has a partnership with another country to allow foreign exchange students to come into this dormitory. But which country? France. To... France, okay. <laughs> Completely shut down any other, just this. <laughs> okay, then one more question to Monica. There was a somewhat nasty conflict between one of the exchange students and an elderly resident of the town. Uh, and the exchange student in question ended up being sent home prematurely. What exactly happened? Well, as you know, in certain parts of Europe, sunbathing naked is totally normal. I would say public nudity would have been a no-go in this town, particularly due to the more conservative nature of it. So certain cultural, you know, eh, misunderstandings took place as to what you could do and not do in public and beaches and places like that. I could see definitely sunbathing in the nude on campus, just out on a lawn. And while money can buy you everything and, you know, it can buy you classes, it can buy you a degree, I don't think you can kind of turn against uh, certain angry opinions of an entire town. And given the town's history of uh, the voice of the majority taking over, I don't think the school would chance, you know, taking the side of the student on that one. What was the reaction of the students, though? Well, I mean, given the age range of uh, the students, again, it would be two camps, the ones who are more conservative, thinking, yeah, there's definitely a, a time and place to be naked. 
And then the rest of them who are like, well, who the hell cares? They were just trying not to get tan lines. What's the big deal? So was this a woman or a man? I would think it would be more offensive if it was a man for some reason. <laughs> so to sum up, we have a dangerous road into the town. We have separate houses. We have the plaque. We have an old library with a clock tower and a coffee shop and an occult bookstore, I think. We have uh, French ex exchange students, an old caretaker without power, and really rich college kids. What could possibly go wrong? Do you like the supernatural setting in a modern world that Monster Heart brings? Our Changeling The Lost Game might be exactly what you are looking for for your next story. You'll discover what it means when you've been kidnapped by Faye, learn to live in a world that changed without you, and discover a big secret.